Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of You Plus Me Equals RP, a podcast dedicated to all of those friendly writers and RPers out there. Every week, I'll dive into the internet and bring to you some of the very best storylines, roleplay groups, or profiles that you may want to join, from written roleplay, tabletop, and even LARPing. Maybe you just need to hear some good news. Well, I, Helen Kirsch, will be here to help you with that. This week is all about teamwork and groups. Groups are an inevitable part of role-playing. There are so many people with these amazing ideas, but it's also incredibly difficult for them to do these ideas on their own, hence the creation of the role-play group. This is episode 8, and I've never actually explained what their purpose is. After all my years of role-playing, it's hard to remember that a lot of people just don't know about this kind of thing. It took years of going through various profiles before coming across a group and kind of figuring it all out on my own. They weren't something that was incredibly common on MySpace when I originally RP'd on there, even when I was role-playing on Yahoo Groups, which was technically a group, you were individual with no set group storyline. Now there are quite a few groups on Roleplayer and there are always some being made. They range in the universe from real-life Southern verse to the Vampire Diaries and even Supernatural. There are some people who will absolutely never join a group. Most of them have very specific reasons why. Then there are those who try to join every group they come across, often doing multiple auditions to get into any open spot they can squeeze into. Serial profile makers, but to the extreme. It takes a lot of work to audition for a group. Not only do you have to go through their rules and their roles, their backstory, etc., but you also have to answer a series of questions and write something that is from the perspective of the character that you would like to audition for. It can sometimes take me anywhere from a few hours to a few days to write an audition for a group. I had mentioned in the past when I wanted to audition for Dead by Sunrise, and it took me a few days to actually write everything I wanted to out. I posted a bulletin on roleplayer.me with a few questions about group owning and auditioning for groups. I've owned a few groups myself, and I've always been curious as to what different things attract people to joining these groups. I received a variety of different answers from people, and some of them I didn't even consider until they had mentioned it. For example, both Noah and Invisibay mentioned that creative license are incredibly important to them. If they don't have the ability to really take freedoms with their characters and do what they would like to do with them, they don't tend to audition for groups. They said that it doesn't really feel as though the characters are really theirs. Quite a few people also mentioned that owners can often make the group feel either welcoming or maybe even non-welcoming. If they're working really hard on the storyline and edits, it shows that they're active and they work hard to keep the members going. The most popular answer for people joining groups has to be that the group has a catchy storyline. Royal Payne mentions that there are a lot of groups that are, you know, Disney-based, but they often stand out among each other by featuring a unique storyline concept. Royal Payne specifically mentions that Envied Riches has a sci-fi element that she hadn't seen other groups use before, which drew her attention. She said that if she didn't have so much going on, she would consider joining them. Noah and Flyboy also said the storyline is important, as well as their overall aesthetic. A lot of people were also commenting that the storyline has to continue to grow and also allow your character to evolve. 
Running a group takes a dedicated person and sometimes even a group of people. Many groups rely on assistance from moderators and co-owners to help when they can't be around as much as they would like. Like, for example, my Kenzie. She is really busy right now, so it's been just me. But even running the podcast page can be difficult. Running an RPG is incredibly hard for people who also have to manage auditions and members. I asked members what was the hardest part in running a group and what their opinion could make or break a group. The best part about the responses I got with these questions was that everyone had their own individual answer as to what was the hardest part in running a group was. Some said that filling roles was often very difficult. Keeping members interested in the group and on their toes was also incredibly difficult for the owners of these groups. Member loyalty and activity in these groups could often be difficult to maintain and even break a group. Activity is key to keep a group running, and if members are inactive, it can stall a storyline from proceeding, which is hard on the members and the group as a whole, as both Nora and Rue mentioned in their response. This is why many groups have deadlines and check-ins because of real-life commitments. Just like trying to parent the members of a group, trying to keep members from fighting amongst each other, whether in character or out of character. Oftentimes, members can quit a group because of dislike of another person or character. Honestly, this has happened to me a few times. I've joined groups in the past where the owners were snobby or was rude to a friend of mine about something, and it actually caused me to quit the group. I'm pretty sure the group eventually died out. Those kinds of groups don't usually last very long, but they can make somebody feel unwelcome or even uncomfortable. If you ask any role player, they will often have a wonderful story of a group that they enjoyed. Often it will involve the friends they made and the stories they created with their characters. I'll eventually go back and cover some of my favorite groups. uh, If not in a normal episode, maybe in a bonus episode. Then you also have role players who will share with you their nightmare role player group experiences. I also have a few of those. There are just times you don't get along with the owners or other members. Maybe the role player becomes disappointed with how the story is being created, which has also happened to me. There's no shortage of horror stories for groups, and there are no shortage of happy and lovely group stories. Essentially, groups come in many shapes and sizes. There are huge role play groups that range in 25 to 50 characters that need to be filled. Sometimes they'll have a good portion of those already filled. But in my opinion, the larger the group, the harder it may be for the owners to keep it running. Not only is it hard to create a storyline with so many characters, but it's nearly impossible to keep those roles filled and active. People start dropping off or disappearing after a certain point. They fall through the cracks and people start getting bored. Another thing that I believe can make or break a group is how they write together, if it's blog or individual storylines. Individual storylines are great for connection groups. They're basically there just to connect all the role players to other writers who are looking for connections. So you might join if you're a Dean who needs a Sam. A Sam might join and say, oh, look, there's a Dean here. Great. Let's establish you as my Dean and Sam and that you are now my defaults. Um, If they're doing individual storylines, most people don't want to write based on the group storyline because the owners often have a different idea for how they want the outcome to happen. Blogs or group storylines are the only way to guarantee that everyone is on the same page on what is happening with members and the group storyline as a whole. I actually had this recently happened. I started writing with another person as a private storyline. Then the group was like, hey, we're going to do this group blog. Okay, great. Let's do this group blog. It was nothing like what we were writing in our private storylines. I misunderstood what time frame we were looking at. 
And we had to change our story based on the, on the group blog. So individual storylines are great, but you have to be very careful with what the group is trying to portray as well. Talking to Rue made me want to bring my own group back from the dead. Not my same punk group, but I had a group from years ago that she was a part of. Um, time is a difficult thing, though. Often running a group takes a great deal of time and skill. I'm terrible at editing images and profiles, so I feel like my visual aesthetic isn't the best when it comes to profiles, too. I have so many plans for my group, those that remain, but time isn't there. And it's hard to get people to fill roles of characters that they're not familiar with. Filling a group based on a TV show or movie is one thing, but original groups are difficult. So next week, I want to talk about profiles and layouts. How important is a profile layout and pictures for that profile? How important are they to you? Do you feel like the profile layout and pictures are a direct reflection of the type of our peer you are encountering? Message me your opinion so I can share it with others. So up next, I'm going to talk about Wicked Legacies. So stay tuned. I'm a huge fan of Disney. I grew up with Disney. I still get drawn to the Disney movies that come out. There will always be a soft spot in my heart for all things Disney. And there are quite a few groups that are on Roleplayer that are Disney-based or have that kind of Disney vibe. Each one of them, though, is unique in its own way. Wicked Legacies is a group that has been around since September of 2015. They're a group of 28 active members, and they're currently looking for 10 roles to be filled by their members, most likely connections. They are also blog story-driven, which drives their story forward. And I love storylines that are in the blogs. When you are joining them, you can also look through the blogs to kind of get caught up on the storyline instead of having a summary that constantly changes and evolves. They are 21 and over due to language drama and dark themes that may come up, which most groups on Roleplayer, you'll notice, are 21 or rated R because of mature content. Lovely Audrey sent in the information for the group so I could have the privilege of talking about this amazing group with you. When asked one of the best things about the group, she said that the members and their love for the group itself. She said that the love and devotion the members have for the story and expanded universe for the Disney descendants was a driving force as the owner. She also wanted to make sure that everyone knew that, quote, in order to keep the story moving forward, owners provide members with MPC posts of characters that may be of importance to their arcs but aren't filled yet. Again, it may be our story, but we tried to do as much for the members as we can so they can give it life, end quote. That sounds really amazing to me. Having an NPC to RP with uh, and having people volunteer to take on the NPC for you so that you can move your story forward is, is amazing. Sometimes you just need that extra person. Wicked Legacies is a RPG based on Disney's Isle of the Lost and Disney Descendants characters and story arcs, including Disney's expanded universe. So this is their summary. Soon after the barrier over the aisle was brought down, everything seems relatively quiet and peaceful. However, Audrey's brush with evil awakened the magic in the world, and VKs, who had never known of its power, were keen to use it even for the most mundane of things. It's during this time of peace that a curse is cast by Enya Westergaard that causes all the parents and original story characters to disappear. 
leaving the new generation on their own. This stirs old feelings of resentment from Adorians, who remain skeptical about bringing down the barrier. The Discord leaves some to believe they are better off looking over their own, and being the first to do so, Camelot breaks away from the United Kingdoms of Alderaan. This, in turn, causes a rift between other kingdoms and plans to usurp the son of Bel and Adam from various directions. Heroes rise from the Isle, just as they fall from Alderaan, with royals and non-royals fighting for the thrones they represent. They must also fight to survive in this war of crowns, good versus evil. So the following writing sample I'm going to read to you was written by an NPC post for their current group thread. Tall and rigid in everything except the swing of her sword, Nadia Stain's white armor shone at the head of the army as black tresses spilled over like ink on paper. Only her battle cry was comparable to the clash of swords that came at her. One by one, she brought down guard after guard that came for her. The purple and gold fighters of Adoran fell at her hand, crimson decorating the memorial crest on her chest. Never prepared for an actual battle, Adoran's finest were caught off guard by the ferocity of the white knight who had spent all her life training in the past few years in civil war, fighting for her kingdom. From her waist, she yanked the Jabberwock claw that had been converted to a horn in blue, before knocking another guard down onto their backs. From the rear of the museum came another flush, a vagrant army of vacays and those who decided to turn on Precious King. While those who relied on their magic had a difficult time holding their own past the barrier that was cast just outside the museum walls, others, like Caleb Clayton, relied on their weaponry skill to reach the building. This was not the objective of the White Court, however. She was meant to lead the assault and take down the defending army's number and stretch them thin. It wasn't until steel ripped through the tips of her hair that her face contorted with anger and lingered over the gallant demeanors of Ryder Fitzerberg, who had been foolish to challenge her. As they exchanged swings of swords, Duke and Chad Charming were defending themselves, at first bravely, but as their opponents kept coming at them, the more their efforts were more about staying alive. We gotta get you out of here, Duke managed to say to Chad as they stood back to back. What about your the Cinderella Berg's heir? Duke finalized without any more fight from Chad. As they tried to fall back, Ryder flew across the grounds, his sword falling near him. He was bleeding from the corner of his head, but a trivial wound, all things considered, the opponent he had been facing. Children! Nadia spat into the ground. Give up the hatter. So remember to audition for them. You can find them at roleplayer.me slash 1004151. They have connections and people who are looking to welcome you into their amazing family. Up next, I'll be covering the game Pandemic. So stay tuned. I'm not sure if anyone is familiar with this game. And considering the current climate, it's a fairly appropriate game to discuss. I'm not entirely sure if this game will make anyone feel better when playing it because it does tend to be a difficult game to beat, even with determined friends, but it is still a fun game to play. It's probably not the best play game to play right now because it might depress you, but Pandemic is a cooperative board game designed by Matt Leacock in 2008. There are three expansions, Pandemic on the Brink, Pandemic in the Lab, and Pandemic State of Emergency and each adds several new roles and special events, as well as rule adjustments to allow a fifth player or to play in teams. 
In addition, several rule expansions are included, uh, referred to as challenge kits. Pandemic is considered one of the most successful cooperative games uh, that has reached mainstream market sales, condensing the type of deep strategy offered by earlier cooperative games like Arkham Horror into a game that can be played in a limited time by a wider range of players. Leacock began designing this game in 2004 after realizing that competitive games were damaging his relationship with his wife. He based it on the 2002 to 2004 SARS outbreak. Pandemic is based on the premise that four diseases have broken out in the world, each threatening to wipe out a region. The game accommodates two to four players, each playing one of seven possible specialists. Dispatcher, medic, scientist, researcher, operations expert, contingency planner, or quarantine specialist. Through the combined efforts of all the players, the goal is to discover all four cures before any of the several game-losing conditions are reached. Now, the game board depicts several major population centers on Earth. On each turn, a player can use up to four actions to travel between cities. They can treat infected populaces, they can discover a cure, or they can build a research station. A deck of cards provides the players with these abilities, but sprinkled throughout the deck are also epidemic cards that accelerate and intensify the disease's activity. A second separate deck of cards controls the normal spread of infections. Taking a unique role within the team, Players must plan their strategy to mesh with their specialist strengths in order to conquer the diseases. For example, the operations expert can build research stations, which are needed to find cures for the diseases, and which allow for greater mobility between cities. The scientist needs only four cards of a particular disease to cure it instead of the normal five, but the diseases are spreading quickly and time is running out. If one or more of the diseases spread beyond recovery or if too much time elapses, the players all lose. If they cure the four diseases, they all win. The 2013 edition of the pandemic includes the two new characters, the contingency planner and the quarantine specialist, so it's not actually available in the early editions of the game. Now, I've played this game a few times, and most of the time, the pandemic wins. I think we've only won twice out of the few dozen times that we've all played as a group. It's a very difficult game that takes a lot of strategy and talking amongst the players. The board game itself starts about like $36 and the add-ons start about $16 and go up from there. They have different scenarios available on those as well. So if you get bored playing the initial game, you can buy the season one or the season two. So stay tuned to hear about Alliance LARPing. This group is different from the other groups I've talked about in the past. Usually the group is put on an event that spans a few days and then they disband to plan again and then they reconvene a few months later to do it again. But with a new story or, a, you know, a new adventure. Sometimes they'll do it in Washington or they'll do it in Texas. Alliance is very different and what they do truly made me interesting in their group specifically. The core group is based in Pennsylvania, but they have other groups that are spread out all over the United States that you can also join. I read an article written by Business Insider regarding the group and what they saw when they went to go visit them for the day. Apparently, the group itself owns a large property uh, that is about 48 acres, and it's meant for them to explore their stories and their world. They used to rent campsites, but when it got too expensive, they pulled their money in order to buy this property. 
And this is the information from their site. In Alliance Games, you create a character concept for a fantasy story and actually play the character. It is much like improvisational theater in that you have a framework created by the groups and supporting characters and must develop your part as you progress through the storyline. Your character's attitudes, ambitions, and history are yours to define. If the adventurous life is your calling, you may play the part of a wanderer, meeting with some friends in the tavern. Perhaps your party will get hired by a farmer in desperate straits and spend the afternoon slaying a foul necromancer and his undead abominations. If the epic life is not your style, then you can play the part of a town merchant. You can make your money selling your wares and information for the right price. Or perhaps you wish to be one who investigates the magical arts, selling your scrolls and potions to earn the money you need to continue your studies. Or would you rather try and become the leader of the Mages Guild? Maybe you want to become a ritual caster and control the elements. The choice is yours. We are dedicated to legendary days of high fantasy while running a fun and safe game. We have fierce warriors, crafty scouts, powerful mages, loyal knights, and benevolent healers. There are smelly goblins, blood-chilling specters, evil necromancers, villainous spies to fight, and your very own legends to create. The article I read spoke about how these guys create stories and run stories with their NPCs to make sure that they're prepared for the players to come through. So they have a armory with created weapons. They have dozens of buildings on their property that represent the tavern, shops, medical bays, that kind of stuff. They have their own cabins where you can actually go for the weekend. You pay your fee to get in. I think at the time a few years ago, it was like $60 or $100 for the three days. You had to stay in their cabins. They had a tavern that you can go to where they serve breakfast. And then you would go out and you would use your character, maybe go shopping with your character uh, to, to a merchant and you come across a storyline. And their NPCs will actually give you a storyline. It's kind of like when I talked about Evermore, where you go to their theme park and do it. They kind of have something similar, and but it's only open on the weekends and they actually run storylines specifically every weekend. Now, what stood out to me as being really interesting about this group is that they also allow you to join in by creating a chapter of your own. So this is what they say about creating a chapter of your own. Alliance LARP operates as a network of volunteer franchises dedicated to creating an incredible immersive live action fantasy experience. We work together to ensure that an attendee at an Alliance LARP event can expect the same system rules and high standard of event excellence. They have high standards that you have to meet before you can even create a chapter, of course, but it is a possibility. I think it would be so great to buy a property and then build different buildings that represent the buildings in the game. I'm sure a lot of LARPing groups would love to also rent the property for their own events too. I do recommend that you check them out to see if you have a group near you at alliancelarp.com. It looks like they're all over the country, including one in Canada. I didn't see any in Texas though, so it's like, well, if I earn enough money, maybe I'll consider buying some property and seeing if we can do this because that would be a really fun thing to do to to run events and to have this group of people that can come in and enjoy your your land yeah so check out alliancelarp.com last week's writing prompt was Dreamcatcher. someone is able to steal your dreams I didn't receive any submissions. Unfortunately, I was really looking forward to this one. Uh, you can still actually write this if you decide to later on and send it in to me. You can just say episode eight, 
dream catcher, someone's able to steal your dreams and send it into me, I'll be happy to include it later because I'm really excited to read something from this. If someone can create something, I was going to write something for this. I just haven't had the time or the strength to do anything right now. Uh, I mentioned a few weeks ago that I've been working and with the humidity, heat and my in inability to stop sleepwalking due to stress, I haven't gotten much sleep. Not making excuses. I just probably need to sacrifice more sleep for the love of writing. Next week's prompt, though, if you're interested, is beautiful sunsets. Something magical happens as the sun disappears over the horizon. Go with that. See what you guys can come up with. Um, just remember to get these in by Friday if you want them to appear on the next episode. Unless you're getting it into me late, then just send me a message to let me know that's coming late. That way I can put off my recording. You can send these into me on Roleplayer, Twitter, Facebook, pretty much anywhere you can send me a message. You're welcome to send yours in. Okay, get ready to write down Wicked Legacies information. Roleplayer.me slash 1004151. Remember that you can also find their link and page on my Roleplayer page, roleplayer.me slash 1604302 as well as all the links to the previous profiles and groups I've talked about in the latest episodes. You can also look at my affiliates. I've got some affiliates that have joined in, including those I featured here previously and I've mentioned. Envied Riches is on there, Wicked Legacies is on there. Uh, you can see all of them on there as well. Add them, check them out, because they have some really great storylines. I still haven't gotten that webpage together. I've been going straight to bed after work, but after I finish this, I'm going to see about getting something together, even if I have to pay monthly. You guys deserve a page to visit and submit your writing to so that I can feature it without you having to make a role player page. So remember, youmerp.com, send me messages, any writings that you would like to be featured, and I'll get you a spot on here to talk about you. Just make sure you read the rules and complete the questionnaire before you submit anything. Everyone is welcome all writers and anyone who wants to share their work. Do follow me and like me on Facebook and Twitter at YouMeRP. Thank you all for listening, whether you do it on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. You can also listen on Patreon, where those who donate will be getting special bonus content. So my husband knows IRP, but he's never heard or read anything that I've written. So we're going to have a couple drinks one night and... You guys will be able to hear me reading him something I wrote and you'll be able to hear his reactions to it. And I need alcohol for the courage. If you're wondering why we're going to be drinking, it's because I need alcohol to get through this. <laughs> I'm hoping we can get that um, together in the next few days for you guys. Everyone else won't be able to hear it unless you donate like Rue, Bigby, Lou, Callie, and Sacred Shield. If you guys can, I would really appreciate it if you can also pitch in if not, I understand, but, you know, if you guys could do rate and review with five stars everywhere you listen, it does really help. So until next week, stay creative, stay safe. <laughs>